Welcome to I'm Okay Being Human, a podcast about understanding the human experience. I'm your host, Dr. Becca Keys, and I want to take you through some lessons and mistakes that humans like you and me have made, the hard parts of being emotional creatures, and how you can put your life back into your own hands. With these stories, a little empathy, and a healthy dose of honesty, I hope to make it a little easier for you to feel okay being human. Hey human, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are working on being okay learning about ourselves. I'm going to talk about what I mean by this. Have you ever been asked in an interview, who are you? Like, who is Becca? I don't know if I've really ever been asked this before, but it's something that I see in movies and TV shows where someone's being interviewed and usually it leads to them having some kind of a mental breakdown while they're in the interview. And that's probably not what they really wanted to experience. But if I took the time, which I have done, to ask myself that question and ask, you know, or figure out what would I say if someone asked me that question, it's not an easy question to answer. So I've made it my mission to have an answer to that question. And through this journey, I've discovered that the more I learn about myself, the better everything in my life is. Even the stuff that sucks, I know what to expect. I know what to expect from myself. I know what I need and what I want in those times. And I know that they're not going to last forever. And I know what to do with that information afterwards. So obviously, we've all lived our own lives and we have our own experiences and our own memories. But what I mean by knowing yourself and learning about yourself is being able to take an objective look at those memories and experiences and understanding the full picture that happened as well as how we've responded to it and even debriefing how we feel about how we responded to it. It might sound like a lot of work, but I promise you it's worth it. So this objective look that we take is important, especially when we have certain stories that we carry that might not serve us or our goals. And if we can dissect those stories and see where they came from, the objective view can often provide the full true story that happened, not just what we saw through our own lenses. And that perspective can give us the liberty to change the story for ourselves going forward. We have these narratives that we live with that govern what we do every day and what we aim to do in our lives. And they all come from past experiences. And it's not anybody's fault that we can only see them through our own eyes. But we have the choice to go back and view them through the perspective of other people, or maybe just an overall perspective as if we're watching the scene from above to fully get all the information that happened. That information is really liberating because we can change these stories that we have. So if somebody has the story of like, oh, I'm a bad student because one time when they were in first grade, their teacher told them like, you're not good at reading. That's the story that came from that experience is you're not good at reading. Or maybe they got like a bad grade on a test. And they decided, that means that I'm a bad student. And so whenever the time comes for them to prove their worth as a student, they don't do a very good job of it because they just have accepted the story of, I'm a bad student. I'm just not good at school. This isn't for me. 
I can't try any more than I already am because it would just be a waste of time because my outcome is never going to change. That's not true. We know that's not true for other people. But usually these stories feel like the absolute truth for ourselves. So being able to learn where these stories come from and have a retrospective view of them, we can change them for ourselves. Don't you think that if somebody had the story of I'm not a good student when they were in first grade, if they changed that story before high school, then that might completely change the outcome of what, where they go to college and what they do in the future. I mean, we're never done learning. We're students for life. We can choose to fail all those lessons, but we're still students. So changing that story for that person who thought they were a bad student is going to be so freeing for them moving forward. Think about it like this. I've never played poker before, but I understand the concept of a tell in poker. A tell is something that you do, like a little quirk or a little habit that other people can see in you that kind of give them an insight on if you're doing good or if you're doing bad. A lot about poker is being able to bluff and maybe even manipulate people into thinking that you either have something worse than you do or you have something better than you do. And we have these habits that we do that kind of give away the truth. And don't you think that if someone was playing poker, if they knew what their tells were, these aren't something that we come up with. It's just something that we do. Like maybe you take a deep breath. Maybe you scratch your nose when you have something good. Um, Maybe you look a certain direction. These are subconscious habits that we're not aware of usually, unless somebody points them out to us. So don't you think that if you knew what your tells were, you could eliminate your tells or manipulate them to get what you wanted during the game? Knowing our habits and our patterns in the present allows us to change them so that they're no longer preventing us from getting what we want. And now we have these habits and patterns in real life all of the time, not just in poker. And they keep us where we're at And they send information to other people. And maybe we don't want that information going out. Maybe we just need to take some time to think about it for ourselves and truly decide how we feel about something without reacting. But our habits and our patterns are typically reactive because they're so ingrained in the subconscious that you don't even realize that they're happening. I want to lay out the subjects in particular that I think of when learning about myself. These are habits, emotional patterns, instincts, needs, memories, experiences, wants and goals, blocks, and my personal narrative. And I want to provide examples of each one to start getting your thoughts flowing on what these might mean for you. So the first one is a habit. So a habit could be how somebody responds to being overwhelmed with their workload. If they suddenly find themselves super overwhelmed, maybe they go onto Instagram and just start scrolling for like 20 minutes. That's how they deal with that overwhelm. It's kind of an avoidant thing, but it's a habit that you want to understand. The next one is an emotional pattern. So let's say somebody got triggered by something that they didn't understand, and then they started talking about it to everybody. What they're trying to do is understand it by getting feedback from other people, but they're caught in this emotional loop, and so they don't actually get out of it because they're not at a place where they can objectively look at that pattern. So if they experience something or see someone do something that they don't understand, they might just start talking about it to everybody in like a word vomit kind of way. 
an instinct is like knowing if someone is lying to you. You just know what this is. It's really good to understand your instincts because they're this like inner magic that you have to rely on when you're experiencing the world. So it's nice to have those and know like, oh, if I have the instinct that I know when someone's lying to me, I can use that to my advantage because I'm, I don't want to be taken advantage of by someone who's lying to me. A need might be like someone who needs eight hours of uninterrupted sleep to function well. If that is a need for you, then it's important to know that. That way you know if you only got six hours of sleep or if you got eight hours of sleep but you woke up every three hours, then you're like, why am I like, what's wrong with me today? It's because you didn't get that need fulfilled. You didn't get that sleep that you needed. A memory is like if you think about a particular memory. So let's say someone thought of every time they think about when their dog passed away, they feel really emotional. That's one specific memory that has a very intense emotional charge with it. An experience is different from a memory because it could be something that happened several times. So let's say somebody is really scared to speak publicly because they had several experiences where either they felt super embarrassed or their mind went blank. So that's how it's different from a memory. It's not just one time, it's multiple times. A want or a goal is something that you are looking to achieve. So let's say it's someone's goal to achieve financial freedom. They want to be aware of that goal so that they can make sure that all of their spending choices are leading them in the direction of that financial freedom. If someone is dreaming of financial freedom, but then they go spend all of their extra income on like clothes and shoes, then they're not going to achieve that because they're not heading in the direction of that goal. A block is like something that's just keeping you from something else. So let's say somebody wants to be successful in business, but they're not confident in charging their worth for their services, and they, so they don't communicate it well, and then they often give discounts. They're not going to achieve that success they're looking for because they have this block with their confidence in charging their worth. And the last one is personal narrative. So let's say someone's personal narrative is, I'm a shy person and it's hard for me to make new friends. If they're living in this story, if this is written into the story of their life, then yeah, they're not going to make new friends no matter how bad they want them because they know I'm shy and it's hard for me to make new friends. But you can change these narratives to be what you want so that what you know is different than what you knew in the past. Maybe you were a shy person, but now you're a friendly person that makes new friends everywhere they go. That's your new narrative. Let that be what you know. So why aren't people okay with learning about themselves? It can be really hard to look at our past for a few reasons. One of them is that maybe you're ashamed of certain things that you've experienced or ashamed of certain things that you've done. And also it's hard to be fully honest and take responsibility for our actions, especially when we have that shame attached to it. We don't want to look in the mirror. We don't want to look in the past. We just want to pretend it's not there because it's easier which I totally get. It can be so hard to do that. But those things are part of you. And if you don't resolve them, then they won't go away. They're just going to stay with you. Remember, you have to feel it to heal it. You have to look at these past experiences, understand that shame, but let it be part of you. Let yourself admit like, yeah, I did that. I don't feel good about it, but I learned a lot from it and I don't do it anymore. Another reason why 
people might not be okay with it is that if they really want something, but they feel that someone or something is in the way of that, it's really easy to fall into the victim mindset of life is happening to me. These things are out of my control, especially when it comes to other people, like in relationships or with work. It's really easy to fall into a victim mindset of like, well, I don't have control over the situation. I'm just at the mercy of these other people, at my boss or my spouse or my children or my friends. I can't control them, so I'm just stuck here until they do something different. But that's not true. If we have a part in it, then we have something that we can control and that we can change. And looking closely at what that is and what's keeping ourselves stuck can be really hard, but it's what we have to do to change it. If you work somewhere you are part of that work and you're part of that relationship so that you have a part that you play. It's not always easy to look at that, especially when something happens. Like let's say you're in a relationship and you get cheated on. That wasn't your fault. That can, you know, trying to assume like, oh, it was my fault that they cheated on me. That's not what I mean. But there's always a part that you play in it. Maybe it's that they had a need that wasn't being met by you And maybe you didn't know about it, so yeah, it's not your fault, but that's what led them to cheat in the first place. Or maybe there are a lot of red flags and you ignored them because you wanted it to work out. That's something that you did. So understanding that and moving forward in the future is don't ignore those red flags. They're there for a reason. They're there to turn you away. So let them do their job and turn you away from those people or those experiences that you don't want to have. Also, I totally get that vulnerability is not easy. It's literally built that way. Being vulnerable means that you're easy to hurt. Being vulnerable means that everybody knows exactly what they can do to hurt you. That's why they say that the people closest to you can hurt you the most because they know you the most. They know what you love and they know how you think and what you feel. And so they have all of this ammo to turn against you. And that hurts so bad when they do it, when it's someone that you really trust and they hurt you with that information. But that's why it's good, again, to not ignore those red flags and make sure that the people that you're letting in your life are truly worthy of that information. But vulnerability is also hard when it's just with ourselves. This is usually rooted in shame from past experiences or unresolved emotions. But I will say that vulnerability, especially with yourself, gets a lot easier the more you do it it's a practice. Don't let the fact that it's hard to do it or that it's part of your narrative that I'm not vulnerable keep you from learning that vulnerability. It gets easier. I promise. I get that it's hard, but it will get easier the more you do it. Another aspect that might lead to someone being not okay with learning about themselves is that if a part of them needs to change to get what they want, and they aren't willing to make that change, admitting to themselves that they are not ready or that they're scared or that they don't want to do the thing and that they alone are keeping them stuck is really hard to do. That's really hard to admit that. If somebody wants to find their one true love and get married, but they're afraid to put themselves out there, they don't want to be vulnerable with someone else and they don't feel ready, they're not going to find that person So they have to be honest with themselves and know that they alone are what's keeping them from finding that thing. And that's okay. It's totally okay to be there. It's actually a really beautiful place to be 
because it shows you what you have to do to get what you want. The steps are clear. I'm not ready to be vulnerable. Well, how can I be ready? What do I have to do to practice vulnerability? I don't want to get hurt again. That's not something that you have control over, but practice looking at what those red flags are going to be and identify them as soon as possible. Make sure you let that person go when you're just dating before you've gotten married and built a life together if they're not the right person for you. If they're showing you those red flags, do not ignore them. And if you're scared, that's okay. Falling in love is really scary, but that's part of the experience. That's part of being human. So just being okay, being human, and knowing that sometimes things scare you is okay. Just be okay with it. So now that you understand all of the reasons, and there might be more, of why someone might not be okay with learning about themselves, why maybe you're not okay learning about yourself, let's talk about why it's important to be okay with it. So we only ever have control over ourselves. And if we want something to change, we have to look at our own controllables and make necessary changes. Like I said, if you want something to change at work and you feel like I'm a total victim in this whole situation, you're not. You can ask for what you want, you can demand change, or you can leave. But you only have control over what you do. You don't have control over how they respond to it. And if you're anticipating a specific response and that feels absolutely terrifying, which is different than being scared, by the way, work through being okay with how they might respond. Think about like what's the worst case scenario? Can I be okay if this happens? And maybe initially you're not okay, but you can get there. You just need that awareness of what that is. It's important to learn about yourself because to learn is to grow. People are always analyzing and debriefing experiences and events that happened to understand what went well and what needs work going forward. This happens with businesses. They're always analyzing data or this happens with like uh, training runs for the military or even medical emergency training. They want to debrief on that experience, on that training to understand, okay, did this work the way we wanted it to? What came up? What happened that we didn't anticipate? Can we anticipate that in the future? What can we do if it does happen? Getting into this habit for yourself is necessary if you want to grow. Be okay analyzing your life and debriefing on your experiences. It's what's going to provide you with the information to be the net, like the higher level person that you want to be. Think of it like a report card in school. Your teacher had to analyze the work that you were putting out and then they provided you with that data and if you were struggling in a certain subject or a certain aspect of your schooling you might have to address that the next opportunity you get so that you can move forward into the next grade so i'll be honest having a passive life is a choice and it's an option but if you are tired of being stuck in some aspect you have to look at yourself and what led you to being stuck there in Look, like I said, it's an option. So you don't have to do that at all, but just know that you'll likely just continue to be stuck there. And one way to know that you're ready to move on and to look at this is that when being stuck and staying in that same place is more uncomfortable than looking at yourself and taking action. That's when you'll know you're ready to move on, when it's more uncomfortable staying put than it is moving forward. And I'll just have you know that there is no power in being passive and letting the world make decisions for you. 
And if you're okay with that, that's fine. That's your journey. But if you're not okay with it, know that you have to take action. You can't be passive. You can't let the world make decisions for you because it's not going to make the right decisions for you. It's going to make the right decisions for everyone else. One important point that I want to make is that our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. So when we want things to change in that outer world, we have to change that inner world, which is those thoughts and emotions and patterns and blocks. If you think about it in terms of having a messy house, let's say that you have a billion things going on in your head all the time. Your mind feels so disorganized. Every time you start to do one one task, you realize, oh, I have to do this thing too. And then you stop in the middle of that first task and you start doing the second one. Or you just become paralyzed by how many things you have to do that you don't even know where to begin. And then your house starts to get really messy because everything else that you have to do is way more important than cleaning your house. What you'll have to do to keep that house clean, if that's important to you, is start to become aware of your patterns and your thoughts and that mindset that you have change that and then you can change what the outside looks like because yeah you could probably just say screw it to your to-do list and spend like two hours cleaning your whole house but in like two or three days it's going to be back where it was because you didn't really change the root of it which is coming from that inside that inner world so what would be easier is figure out how can i organize my thoughts in a way that is more productive that i don't feel overwhelmed that i know what my priorities are And is there a way that I can add tidying up throughout the day in a way that feels good, where it doesn't feel overwhelming, and that my house stays clean? That's what's going to change what your outer world looks like. That's where you're going to be able to complete those tasks while having a clean house and maybe even finding extra time to do something that you want to do for fun, not something that's on your to-do list. And you know what? It's okay if you've made mistakes or embarrassed yourself in the past or you feel ashamed of the choices that you've made or experiences that you've had. It's truly okay. We've all been there. The way to move forward with it is to understand and integrate it into your system. Know that everyone has made mistakes and done something that they're ashamed of. You're not alone in that. Don't beat yourself up about it because you have that experience. We all do. You're not less worthy than anybody else of having the life you want just because you have something that you're ashamed of or that feels uncomfortable from your past. Allow those experiences and that knowledge to become part of you and use that knowledge to make more confident choices in the future. The worst thing that you can do when you have these experiences is pretend that they don't exist and then repeat those mistakes going forward. Don't hide from those shadows in your past. Allow them to become part of you. Shine a light on those shadows. That's going to make it go away. But you have to do the work. Shining the light on it would mean that you're looking at it, you're understanding it, you're processing and integrating. But to do that, to allow them to become part of you is the most productive and healing way to move forward. Using neuroemotional technique is a really great way to do this. You can dissect particular memories, emotions, or experiences and figure out exactly what's keeping you from moving forward, and also understanding exactly what happened. And by doing it now versus, and doing it now offers you a perspective that you didn't have at the time, which is great, because now you have more information and you can change the way you feel about it. 
So if you're looking for an amazing NET practitioner, you can find all of the NET certified practitioners on NET's website, which is netmindbody.com or netmindbody.com. All right, your tip for the week. Choose one goal that you have that you wish to play out in the next year. So a goal that you want to achieve in the next year. Spend time thinking about what is in the way of it, even if it's other people. Write out a list of every single thing blocking you from that thing. All of the people, all the experiences, all the thoughts in your head, whatever comes up, even if it's like totally out of your control, write it out. Then circle the parts that you do have control over, like your fears or procrastination. For all of those circled answers, take some time pondering where that comes from. So meditation is a really good way to do this. Your subconscious knows the answers. And if you can find a way to meditate that feels good for you, these answers will come to you if you can quiet your mind. Meditation is a really good way to do this. Your subconscious knows these answers. And if you're able to quiet your mind, they will come to you. There's a lot of different ways that you can meditate. So I would figure out a way that does feel good for you. And Don't give up after one or two tries. Like, Keep trying different ways. Ask other people in your life how they meditate and see if that works for you too. So while you're doing this, if a memory comes up that feels unresolved, and you'll know this because there's still emotional charge in a way, rate that emotional charge from 0 to 10. A 10 might feel like I'm back there experiencing it the same way that it happened, and a 0 is like there's literally no emotional charge. So figure out what that charge is. Breathe through those emotions that come up and let them wash through you. Let them get as big as they want and keep taking those breaths and stick with it until you find peace. You might have to do this more than once, but keep rating that emotional charge. If it was an eight and you do this once, see if it goes down to like a six. That's progress. And then next time, do it again. Maybe it goes down to like a three. And then maybe the third time, it goes down to like a one. And if that feels good for you, then look what you did. You took it from an eight to a one. That's awesome. One really great way to do this is using NET's first aid stress tool. So this is what we call FAST, first aid stress tool. And you can find information on how to do this at firstaidstresstool.com. I'll also link it in the show notes. You'll know that you've resolved this emotion when you can breathe easily and you feel relaxed when thinking about the memory and it no longer has any emotional charge. Try this out. I bet it will change your life. And again, if you're looking for more information, you can always reach out to me or find an NET practitioner near you. I'll say it again. I'll say it a million times. You have to feel it to heal it. And this is a really great way to do that. Understanding what you need to heal and what's keeping you from living that dream life is the only way that you're going to be able to move forward. You got to feel it to heal it. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next time. I'm Okay Being Human is produced by Becca Keys. You can find me on Instagram at drbeccakeys or reach out via email at drbeccakeys at gmail.com. To learn more about NET and find someone who practices near you, visit netmindbody.com. The theme song for this podcast is written by Danny Keyes.